You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, representing for CanesCounty.com, of course, part of the Rivals Network. And I'm joined today by Chris Peak, also part of the Rivals Network at uh, pantherlayer.com so big game coming up chris first of all just uh thanks for for joining me on 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 this podcast this week yeah thanks for having me that intro is awesome yeah that's that's really cool (laughs) thanks 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 Uh, it it took a while to kind of put together yeah Uh, yeah so um yeah like i said big game this week uh we got miami versus Pitt basketball the de facto conference regular season uh championship game um, I don't think either of us maybe would have <laughs> predicted that this <laughs> that these two teams would be in this position right now, but I'm sure we are both very grateful. Uh, but first, uh, Chris, last night the Panthers suffered a loss to Notre Dame. Um, kind of uh, not kind of a surprise, a surprise, of mm-hmm. course. Um, so just from your perspective, what kind of what happened uh, in that game? Yeah, it was it was ugly. I mean, it was down, you know, Pitt was down 14 at halftime. They were down 20 in the second half. It, it was just it was a mess. And there were a few things that really went wrong. One, they didn't defend well in the first half at all. I think Notre Dame shot over 50 percent from the floor in the first half and shot like 46, 47 percent from three. And that that was a big, big problem. They got better defensively in the second half. But then the other issue, which might have been the biggest issue, they were 20 of 36 from the free throw line. I mean, they had 16 missed free throws, and two of those were actually the front end of a one-and-one. So you could really count it as like 18 points left at the free throw line. And it was so I think it ended up being about 55% was what they shot from the line. And this is a team that in conference play shot 81%. So like it's not even just that they were like bad. They were like historically bad, atypically bad and out of character, 25 points below, you know, what they had typically done. And and it really was one of those games where even if they just shot, if they made like 10 more free throws, um, I mean, obviously that's the difference in a seven point game, but they they could have found themselves, you know, coming down the stretch in the final four minutes down by four instead of being down by 14. And even if they made 10 more free throws, they still would have been below their season average for free throw shooting. They didn't have to do anything like Herculean to pull it off, just be a little bit closer to where they were all year. And they could have made up for the poor defense and they had a couple technical fouls and they had this issue and that issue. If they just do what they've done all season and make free throws, you know, they're probably, I mean, they probably win that game. They're able to overcome the the mistakes and the, the, the errors that they had throughout the game and they're able to overcome it. So I don't know what was going on with the free throw shooting. That was the biggest issue. It was Mike Bray's last game in South Bend. Maybe they, uh, maybe they bent the rims in or something like that before each half. I don't know what the problem was, but it was, it was a bad loss because there was, there was a lot on the line. If they had won that game last night, they could have clinched a share of the ACC regular season title. They would have clinched a double buy. You know what I mean? A top four finish. And this game on Saturday still would have meant a huge amount. It still would have been for the outright title and the number one seed, sure. but at least they would have accomplished a few things. Now, it just comes down to this game on Saturday, which was always going to be the case. It was always going to be hit Miami that, that, you know, regardless of what happened to pit at Notre Dame. Um, but now there's, there's just even a little bit more riding on it than there was before. Definitely more stakes involved now that Pitt has lost to the Irish uh, last night. Uh, I was shocked when I saw the score myself and I'm pretty sure you were shocked when you saw that Miami lost to Florida state last week. So 
it, it when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. So it looks like the uh, the bottom dweller ACC team <laughs> has bitten Pitt just like they they uh, uh, bit Miami last week, and it was it was kind of from what you explained, it seemed like it was a very similar type of game. It was like uncharacteristic type of things were, were happening to, to Miami. So both teams will be hungry to kind of right their wrongs <laughs> from, <laughs> from right. those games. Um, so Miami had a week for, for all of this to kind of settle in. And uh, you guys will be, you know, traveling on somewhat of a short week down to Coral Gables for this one. So just kind of looking at, this game, though, uh, what do you think will be the key for Pitt? And then I'll I'll I'll, I'll say what I think the P, the the keys will be for Miami. Yeah, it's it's some of the things I I just talked about. I mean, they have to defend out the out to the perimeter well. I think they have to do a better job, you know, defending the three than they did uh, certainly against Notre Dame um, the other night, and even you know. Miami in that first game, I, I was just looking there were what eight of seventeen from three. So I mean, you you can't. I don't. You know, Pitt's got to do a better job. Their perimeter defense hasn't been great all season. They can't let another team get hot. They're a really good three point shooting team themselves, which was another issue in the Notre Dame game. They didn't shoot very well from three, and in the second half, didn't really attempt many. They're gonna win. You know, all, most of the games they've won, they've done it with really good three point shooting, or and if. And if the percentage isn't high, they just keep shooting a lot of them. So, you know, you can yeah. still make 10 or 11 if you shoot 30 or 40 and they're, they're content to do it. So they need to shoot well themselves. They need to, you know, defend well out to the perimeter. And then, you know, the free throw shooting, this is going to be a tough game. I mean, going on the road, you know, they, yeah. they barely got out of it in the game at, at home. The game um, at Pitt came down to the final possession. And it was sort of great. It was it was Jamarius Burton versus Isaiah Wong. And, you know, everybody knew Wong was going to be taking that shot and Burton had to defend him. And it, it was it was great drama, but they barely escaped in a game at home. Now they're going on the road, showing some bumps and bruises from uh, that, uh, you know, the game on Wednesday night. And you, you mentioned the Miami Florida State game. It's funny. Uh, Pitt was playing Syracuse that day, last Saturday. And sure. so I'm, it, it, the game was a home game and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm watching, you know, the Pitt Syracuse first half, the Pitt Syracuse game started at five. I think the Miami Florida state game started at four and midway through the first half or, or right before the game started, I looked at ESPN and Miami had like doubled up Florida state at halftime. I'm like, okay, I don't need to care about that game anymore. And then like halfway through the first half of Pitt's game, I'm like, wait, I might need to actually pay attention to that. And so just as Pitt and Syracuse, like the buzzer sounded on the first half, I looked down and Miami hit that three with like five seconds left. And it, like the drama, it was so funny. I, I mean, you know, it was obviously Miami's heartbreak, but when Florida State hit that three, the entire press box, because we all had the game up on our laptops, like <laughs> it was like an eruption in the press box. I'm like, everybody going, yeah, I can't believe he hit that shot. It was, you know, yeah. I'm sure Miami fans didn't enjoy it, but if you were on the outside, it was it was great drama. But I, 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 I digress. But no, I mean, this game on Saturday, I mean, they have to defend well out to the perimeter. They have to make their three point shots, and they they have to make free throws. I mean, those are the biggest keys for Pitt. And, uh, you know, certainly coming out of this Notre Dame game where they didn't do those things well. And, uh, I mean, that's what they're going to have to do for any success they have from from here on out. Yeah, total opposite reaction from the Miami camp or the, the Miami arena, the, the Watsco Center when, when I was there. It was total elation when, when Jordan Miller hits that three in the corner. And right. I think everyone pretty much thought the game was over, inc including the players on the court. And <laughs> out of nowhere, uh, you know, Florida State hits that three. 
it was a weird and eerie silence that kind of kind of came over that arena. And uh, I can imagine what the country, you know, was uh, feeling when, when they saw that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think Miami, you have the frame of, the, of reference of, of that last game that we played uh, against each other. And I think Miami pretty much kind of controlled that game up until the end. And to that point, that was kind of like their Achilles heel of the season. They were unable to kind of close out games on the road. And that was that was a clear, uh, I, I think, indication of just nerves of, of, of in the final minute, uh, like some uncharacteristic turnovers by Isaiah, Isaiah Wong in, in those moments. And I think the key for Miami is, is really simple. It's really just be Miami. <laughs> it's really just, just do what they do best, which is, you know, play solid defense, uh, you got Norchad or Omir, who's a who is a dominant presence inside, and as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, he will, you know, likely have a double double, which is what he's been averaging all season. And as long as you get something from your four stars, uh, you know, Omir, Miller, Wong, and Nigel Pack, then. I think Miami comes out of this game with a victory um, because they won't, I think they'll be able to deal with a, a late game situation a little bit better at home than, than what they did in the previous game against the Panthers. And I think that last game is really a good test for them really was a good test for them as in a close game at home, and you still feel the pressure. I mean, you, you feel pressure in late game situations on the road, but it's but you also feel it at home. And it's a different type of pressure, you know. Mm. And the fact that they felt that type of pressure in that Florida State game, I think, is going to help them in this game. If this game indeed ends up being a close one at the end, which I do think it will be. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I mean, we sort of talked about how I don't think either of us expected this to be the the ACC championship game, regular season championship game. I think even like a month ago when, when these two teams first met, I highly doubt that we walked out of the building saying like, well, <laughs> when they meet again in the finale, it's going to be uh, it's and it's so funny to me because like for the first 10 years of Pitt being in the ACC, they joined in 13. So they, they've been in this league for 10 years now in football. The ACC has put Pitt and Miami in the finale six out of those 10 years. And not one of those games has meant anything. Not, not one of those games has had any impact on the Coastal Division or the ACC. Like, they've been irrelevant. You know what I mean? Either, you know, a couple of the years Pitt already had clinched the Coastal. A couple of the years Miami had already clinched the Coastal. It just never mattered, no matter how many times they tried to force it into a game that would matter. And now here you get it in basketball where the finale, Pitt-Miami finale, actually – means something I, I don't think that's what yeah. they were envisioning when they uh set up the schedule but here it is and uh it, yeah. it's, it's good drama and some of the other games will matter too like Pitt you know if Duke loses Pitt will get a uh, a top four seed regardless of what they do in this game but it, it's it's great because it really comes down to these two teams not needing help or relying on anything else just 
win and you're the number one seed. You know what I mean? Win and you, you know, regular season title or, or at least a share of it. Um, it's 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 pretty great. It should be high drama. And I'm, I'm curious about both teams to see how they respond. They both have had some clunkers the last time they played, you know, Pitt falling behind by 20 uh, at Notre Dame, Miami, you know, blowing the 20 point lead uh, against Florida State. And, you know, both teams, I think, have something to prove you know, to respond from those games. And then, you know, in this kind of pressure situation, like you said, and and they're both going to want to boost going into the ACC tournament. So I think this should be, this should be a fun one. Of course, all the focus is going to be on Duke Carolina, but I mean, this is the game. Like this is right. the one that everybody, not just in the ACC, but nationally should be interested in because this is probably going to be the best game of the day. I would think, I hope at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned what I wanted to kind of get to as well which is the winner of this team goes into the ACC tournament with some big time momentum. And uh, I do, do want to get your thoughts, Chris, on, on this tournament, you know, uh, and the ACC as a whole, which has been kind of a, it's been a weird year <laughs> for me, I, I think, um, because it's kind of similar to kind of last year where you didn't, you didn't really, have a, a really dominant dominant team you had a couple of teams at the top like like this year you got you got Miami Pitt and Virginia are, are pretty much your 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 top three teams and North Carolina and Duke we'll, we'll see if North Carolina even gets into the tournament <laughs> uh yeah. depending on how things shake out in the ACC tournament but going into this ACC tournament and I will be in Greensboro Greensboro next uh next week uh are you going to Going to be in Greensboro? No, I'm 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 going to stay home. I've I've been to the city of Greensboro before, and I'm 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 good. I'll watch on TV. <laughs> it's going to be my first time, so um, ah, there you go. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, uh, my uh, my brother-in-law actually stays in Raleigh, so it's a chance for me okay. to kind of kind of see him. So I'm excited to kind of go there uh, and check it out. But yeah, going into this ACC tournament. Who do you think really kind of has the edge here? Who do you think is going to be a surprise team to kind of make some noise? Do you think Pitt has a little, uh, 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 a legitimate chance to kind of win it all? And do you think winning this uh, tour, uh, winning this game on Saturday would? I don't want to say. Uh, would it help them or do you think losing the game gives them more of that chip on their shoulder to actually make a run in that ACC tournament? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting question. I think as far as the chip on their shoulder, they should have it for the embarrassment at Notre Dame. You know what I mean? That should be the one that, that they, they should have that going into the Miami game. Um, you know, I, I think it certainly is better for either one of these teams to go into the ACC tournament, fresh off a win rather than off back-to-back -back losses, you know, because one of these teams is going to go in having won a game and the other is going to go in having lost two in a row with, you know, one game that was a bad loss and one that was a, you know, disappointing loss with everything on the line. So it certainly would be better to have that good momentum. And I have no idea who's favored in this tournament. I mean, you know, <laughs> Pitt, Pitt, you know, Pitt, Miami, one of these teams is going to end up as the number one seed. Um, but I, I can't sit here and say that whoever gets the number one seed is going to be the favorite. I mean, Virginia has struggled over the last two weeks, three weeks, but I'm not going to rule out a Tony Bennett team. You know what I mean? Carolina has been, you know, maybe the biggest disappointment in the conference this year, but they still have that talent and I'm not going to rule them out just like they did last year going on a run. You know, I'm not going to rule out Duke going on a run. Clemson, I think has struggled late in the season, but that doesn't 
undo what they did earlier this year. Uh, And so they could be a dangerous team. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we we both cover teams that have lost to Florida State, right? I mean, so (laughs) it's hard. I mean, I can rule out Louisville. I can tell you that Louisville will not win the For ACC sure. tournament. I can tell you Georgia Tech probably won't win the ACC tournament in Boston College as well. Oh, and Syracuse stinks too. Syracuse is not winning the ACC tournament. So how many did I eliminate there? Like four teams? Notre Dame's not going to win it either. Maybe four or five teams. But like the other eight or nine, anybody could yeah. get on a run. Anybody sure. could could really heat up here and win three or four games. Um, you know, I, I, I can't rule out any of those possibilities. It's, it's the, the league has just been... I think you're right that there's no dominant team at the top. I think the league perception gets hurt because Duke and Carolina are not very good, or at least not as good as they were expected to be. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's just kind of a popular meme going around. It's the ACC is not down. It's just that the right teams aren't winning. You know what I mean? It's we're talking about Pitt and Miami instead of Duke and Carolina. So that's they're the wrong teams. You know, this is not who's supposed to be in this position at this point, and so everybody assumes the conference is down. But I, I just. I, I don't know who's the favorite in this league because I don't, you know, anybody on any given night has shown that they can win or lose any game. I mean, if Pitt plays next week, like they did in the first game against Miami or they did against Virginia or two games against Carolina or two games against Syracuse, if they play like that, they can win it all. You know what I mean? If they play like they did the first time they played Florida state or like they did against Notre Dame on Wednesday night, they could be one and done and maybe miss the NCAA tournament. So it's, yeah. it's, it's too hard to predict. You know, it's, it's really difficult. I, I, don't think they're going to win tomorrow. I, I I would probably pick Miami to win this game, or excuse me, on Saturday. Um, but beyond that, I have no idea what's going to happen next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your your guess is good as mine. And uh, one of the teams <laughs> that you didn't uh, mention as a team not winning it is NC State. Like that, that's a team <laughs> I can legit see making a run, and even though they haven't played really well as of late, I can I can definitely see that team making a run in the ACC tournament, just like a bevy of other teams in Mm -hmm. this league. So it's going to be interesting uh, for for sure in Greensboro, um, no matter how unentertaining the city may be. (laughs) (laughs) I I am uh, going to find a way to uh, really enjoy myself over there in Carolina. Um, So let's talk about players um, here. Uh, Just who do you think is going to be the difference maker uh, or could be the difference maker for, for, for Pitt? In this game, the tournament, NCAA tournament, um, who do you think needs to have a, a, a big um, march? I, I, you know, I, I've sort of been developing this theory that the game on Saturday is not just going to determine the number one seed and the ACC champ and all that. It's also going to determine the ACC player of the year. And I think it's going to come down to Jamarius Burton and Isaiah Wong. I think one of those guys <laughs> is going to win player of the year. And I, and I honestly, I think whoever... And like, I could be completely wrong about this. Everybody's going to be watching Duke Carolina. So maybe they won't pay attention, but to me, whoever wins that head to head matchup on Saturday should be ACC player of the year. I, I think some of the more popular guys like Mar- Armando Baycott or Filipowski or, you know, the, the clumsy guy, they, they've fallen off, but like Burton and Wong have been the keys to their team. I mean, you've got the top two teams in the ACC playing for the ACC championship, the number one seed, the two best players on those teams. You know what I mean? Like, that should be your competition for ACC player of the year. And so to me, it's like who, who wins head to head. I mean, Burton won the head to head in the first game, who wins the head to head in this game on Saturday. And, and that'll be, you know, who puts up the stats and who just 
on the court literally plays better against each other. They're going to be matched up. It's going to be Burton versus Wong, you know, man-to-man, one-on-one and all this. And they're going to be plays that really are run one-to-one. And, you know, who wins that matchup? Uh, that I think should be the ACC player of the year. And so, I mean, Burton's the guy who really makes it go. He's he's the leader for Pitt. He, uh, he doesn't lead them in scoring, but he's behind by less than a point per game. Uh, Blake Hinson's their leading scorer, and he's a dangerous, uh, you know, X factor when he scores, I think, more than 16 points. Pitt's like 15 and three this year. So he's a dangerous player. Nellie Cummings is a great point guard. They have good players on this team, but Burton is the guy who makes it go. And if they win on Saturday, if Pitt wins on Saturday, it, it's going to be because Jamarius Burton has a big game. If that happens, he should ha- he should win ACC Player of the Year. And, and conversely, I, I would say, not to answer your part of the question, and you might disagree, but I, I think if Miami wins, Isaiah Wong is going to have a big game, and he should win ACC Player of the Year. I think there's there's a lot riding on this game, including, in my mind, the, the Player of the Year award. Yeah, uh, I think what makes Miami unique is that you got – four guys who potentially can kind of be the player of the game in Jordan Miller, who I think is pretty much kind of the glue guy uh, of this team. He kind of does a little bit of everything. Uh, You need him on the court. He's, he's really valuable. It's kind of hard to say who's the most valuable player on this hurricane team. And, And that's what makes them really dangerous because Isaiah Wong, sometimes he has off nights and, Mm -hmm. When he does have those off nights, Jordan Miller kind of steps in, or you've got Nigel Pack who kind of gives you some points off the bench. So it's hard to say who who is going to who is the key player. The easy the easy answer, of course, is Isaiah Wong because he's the top scorer. But for me, I actually think the most valuable player is Nigel Pack because. Mm-hmm. He is the fourth player, uh, a fourth double-digit scorer on this team. He's, um, and I think if you look at the, the entire country, there's not many teams around the nation that have four double-digit scores. And I think Nigel Pack has come on in this past month or so, and I think he is the main reason why the Hurricanes were able to kind of go on this run. And he was absent for that Florida State game. And I think he would have been the difference. I mean, they only lost by one. <laughs> so I'm sure he would have had a basket or, or, or two that sure. would have been the difference. Um, so I actually think Nigel Pack, if he can continue to stay hot, and let's see if he plays first um, because um, he was injured, quote unquote injured, last, uh, last game. Um, I think – if he plays, he, for me, is the difference because I think Isaiah Wong gives you a consistent 12, 13, 14, 15 points a game. You know what you're going to get out of Norchad Omir as long as he stays out of foul trouble, giving you 12 to 10 per game. And like I mentioned with Jordan Miller, he kind of gives you a little bit of everything and kind of stabilizes this team. Nigel Pack is that is is the wild card guy. I, I think if Nigel Pack uh, has a big game, then I don't think this team team is losing. If he doesn't, then this team has a chance to lose. <laughs> uh, the other the other big factor is, of course, like I said, um, Norchad Omir. If he's not on the court, um, he's a a big guy, not tall, <laughs> but he's your big guy inside that eats up all eats up you know, space rebounds can run the floor 
he's a big X factor as well. And he's been pretty consistent. I, I think there was maybe one or two games where he really got into foul trouble this year and he was a non-factor. So I expect him to, to give you 12 and 10 on Saturday. But Nigel Pack is kind of, you know, we'll see. We'll see what, what he produces coming off of the injury. But he, he for me, is the most valuable player. I, I know the, uh, most people would um, – I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm watching this team. I'm watching this team every day just like you're watching the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, when you over – I may be overanalyzing things, but <laughs> uh, but I do feel like Pack is is really the, the, the difference for this team just making a, a, a short run. In, in the NCAA tournament where they get bounced out and maybe the first or second round to maybe getting to the final four. I think uh, if right. Pack, if Pack, you know, gives you, you know, 15 points per game in the tournament, this team, I think has a really good chance to make it to the final four. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things where you have those guys you can like rely on, like you said, like Wong, you're going to get that sort of steady, solid production, but then what really puts them over the top in any given game, is like who steps up alongside the sure things, right? It's like like X Factor or wild card. It's you know what you're going to get from player one, two, and three, but it's who steps up along those guys, alongside those guys who like Pack, like you mentioned, or you know like Pitt has Nike Sabandi coming off the bench. He's had some big games for them. It's you know do you get those other guys to step in and produce at a big you know at a high level, and that can be what puts you over the top in in games like Saturday, and then certainly in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so lastly, we'll just talk about matchups. Um, uh, for me, the matchup I, I mentioned before is uh, whoever's matched up against Norchad O'Meer, <laughs> you know, uh, it for me is the matchup to kind of watch in this game. Uh, you know, uh, likely I, I would guess it, it's Henson that's going to be matched up with him. Um, um, I mean, I, I think he is really kind of the, the X factor when it comes to, um matchups are concerned uh what say you yeah i mean i i still like the i mean i already talked a lot about it the burton wong uh matchup um you know it'll be interesting to watch in in the post federico federico has emerged as a a big player for Pitt, particularly defensively he's a long wiry center i think he had four blocks in the game um you know there's a lot of rim protection there um but but to me you know i'm he's a big factor sure what's that he was a big factor in that last game uh, mm-hmm. yeah. with Miami. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but I, I still, I, I go with the uh, the simple answer. I still go with the Burton Wong. Uh, you know, the, the two short thing guys. You know what I mean? Because if one of them can shut the other down, uh, and you no longer have that sort of reliable source of points from Wong or Burton, I mean, that obviously puts their team in a in a big hole. So I mean, I, uh, I I'm I'm going to push this narrative, Marcus. I'm going to push this narrative that this determines the ACC Player of the Year. So I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't get away from it. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to keep pushing because I think it should be a player who comes from one of these two teams. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to see Armando Baycott win it. I don't want to see, oh, absolutely Tyson you know, it should be one of these two teams. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to find the the, the most obvious answers. I, I don't want Hinson and Burton to split the vote at Pitt. Uh, I don't want Wong to split the vote with Pack or anybody at, at Miami. I want, you know, Got to elevate the stars, so it comes down to one of those uh, one of those two guys. I'm I'm trying to stick up for the uh, old Big East teams here, you know. And we don't want anybody from Syracuse to win, so you know, right? Or Virginia Tech, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, no Virginia Tech guys, no, none of that. 
Absolutely. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on with me, Chris. Uh, great stuff from you. Where can where can people find your stuff and uh, your podcast? Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, you know, on Twitter at Panther Lair. Um, we've got the YouTube page, youtube.com slash pantherlair.com. And then, of course, the website, just like you guys, uh, we have pittsburgh.rivals.com. So that's, uh, you know, it's the place, you know, I'm sure as, as you guys do at Canes County, it's, you know, all the football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, all that coverage is right there. So if they're looking sure. for stuff on Pitt, that's, that's the place to go. All right. Lastly, I'm just going to ask you real quick, who you think wins Saturday? I think you kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, yeah. but you got a score that, that you think it, it'll kind of uh, end up with. <laughs> what uh, what was, what was the final in that last one? When it come to 71 68 in the last one. I, I mean, yeah, I, I have to, you know, I have to pick Miami. I, I mean, Pitt can win the game, you know, I'm, I'm not ruling it out, but this game being down there Pitt in a little bit of a slump and three out of the last four games and, you know, just barely escaping at home. You know, I, I got to go with the Canes. I would say maybe like a 75, 71 type of game, but I, I don't think there are many outcomes that would surprise me in, in this game, but I, I got to go with the, uh, the home team. I think. Same, same. Uh, yeah. I do think Miami uh, pulls this one out uh, just, just because they're at home. If this game was at Pitt, I would pick Pitt to win. Um, I, I would. I, I just think these two these two teams are just really evenly matched. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a close one. Um, I didn't check the line yet. No, I, I haven't looked either. I'm sure it's Miami by a few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the line hasn't actually come out yet, from what I oh, see. Okay. I'm pretty sure Miami's probably going to be favored in this game, yeah. but I think they I think they win it by by a possession. I think they they win it by maybe a three three point game similar to what happened in Pittsburgh. Right. All right. Well, thanks again, Chris, for for joining me on the Storm Tracker podcast, and um, we'll link up again sometime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Take care. <laughs>